Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, amigas. Welcome back to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I am super excited to have here today my beautiful kindred spirit, Martha Della Torre. And she's just a badass woman, and I can't wait for you all to get to know her. You're going to love her, learn about her story, her journey. And oh, it's just so amazing because she is definitely a butterfly like when I met her not only did we connect at BNI but it just the relationship grew 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 and now she's an author and I'm like holy crap who knew that this beautiful soul is going to be in my future podcast which is like today and I'm like oh my god this is crazy so I am so, so, so happy and over the moon that she's here with us. So I wanted to let you know a little bit about her. So Martha Della Torre is an entrepreneur, business owner, real estate investor, author, and a badass mother and grandmother to some amazing kids. Martha and her husband started Vicks Hauling Junk Removal Services in 1979. Back then, they had one small truck, three young children, and they need to make some money to support their family. Since then, they have grown the company to three large trucks, a crew of six, and have two of their own grown children working as part owners to expand the family company even more. For over 30 years, they have had a very loyal customer base that can attest to their excellent and professional service. At VIX, they believe that their customers are their biggest asset, and because of that, they have been in the business for as long as they have. All the while, Martha has been able to flip homes and become a savvy real estate investor. She has grown her businesses and now is a children's book author. Her latest book is called Charlie Finds a Home. And when you don't see her in home, in her hometown, she's traveling and living her epic life. 
I am so excited. Welcome, welcome, Amiga. Welcome, Martha, to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I am so honored that you're here with us. And I'm just like, wow, we got so much to unpack because, I mean, really, business owner and now an author. I mean, but before we get to all of that, we need to get to know Martha, her background, her journey and who she has now become, which is this amazing author. So Martha, thank you. Take it away. Give us a little bit about your background, please. Thank you so much, Jackie, for inviting me uh, on this. Um, you know, I love you dearly. You are just an amazing, amazing woman. And uh, I am so happy to be here with you. I'm actually born in, in Europe. I came here when I was very young, at three years old. My parents uh, worked uh, in the Dutch underground against Hitler. That's how they met. And um, we came to this country shortly within a few years after that. Um, so I, I consider myself an American. My parents became citizens before I was 16. So I've grown up here in, in California. And uh, this is my home. I have cousins and everything back in Europe and stuff like that. But this is definitely my home. Uh, it's been a big, a big journey here. Um, I have, like you said, three wonderful kids who I am extremely proud of. They, uh, one is a contractor in Texas. Uh, my daughter is a photographer here and runs our business. And then I have my son, uh, who is uh, graduated with his master's from Princeton and is uh, currently working in the government in a field of um, economic authority and also innovation and technology. Oh my God, so. that's a handful. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Martha. I mean, I know I want to dive in all the way through, but mm -hmm. something that just, I was like, okay, we need to talk about this, amigas, because guess what? Her family worked on the Dutch underground. Okay, come on. You need to explain a little bit more of that because I know that has a lasting impact on you. So can you explain to us, what, what do you mean by the Dutch underground against Hitler? They were actually, um, they worked in secret. Um, my parents did some incredible things. They actually switched paperwork, got a lot of Jews out of the country to save them. Um, they, uh, I think at one point, blew up a bridge to keep ammunition from growing, going across. <laughs> so, so they did a lot of things. And it was, um, it was really, really uh secretive everything you didn't know who you could trust i i think one of my most favorite memories my dad was a baker and he used to love to bake at home as well and i would sit there and watch him bake and he would share one story after another about the war and it was it was just fascinating I just loved it. My my father is Dutch. My mother is German. And my mother would not talk about it. She just wouldn't. And she suffered a lot of prejudice because of it. Um, even my, my uh, one brother, he got meningitis um, 
and uh, he was 18 months old. My parents were living, we were living in Holland at the time, and uh, my dad was out of the country. And so my mom took Johnny to the doctor and uh, the doctor refused to treat him because she was German mm -hmm. and he died. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, there are lots of prejudices in the world, unfortunately. And uh, people, you know, I mean, that would not be allowed these days, hopefully, but um, it was really, really awful. And at that point is when they made their decision to move to the United States. And so we came here. Wow. Wow. This is incredible, Martha. You know, I, because I know you and you were talking about prejudice, and I know that you and I have had lengthy conversations of discrimination and prejudice, and you are like an avid an avid staunch supporter of people, of humanity. Right. And um, can you share with us a little bit about what you've done, you know, for your for your people, for your community? Because this is like, I mean, this is learned behavior. I mean, you know, coming from from parents that, you know, worked so diligently to help Jews get out of Europe. I mean, that has a lasting impact. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think that's one thing that my parents taught me, um, especially my father, is nothing would upset him more than judgment mm -hmm. or prejudice. Nothing. I mean, he would. My dad didn't get mad very easily at all. And but that was one thing that he would not put up with. And um so he was he was a great example of that kind of stuff. And as far as working for other people and helping people out, my parents did that all the time. And so I grew up with that mentality of reaching out. And um, and that's one of the reasons that I wrote this book. <laughs> so beautiful, so beautiful, so amazing. I definitely want to get to that book. But there, I want Amigas to know also that you are local in Southern California. So tell us, when you came to Cal, uh, California with your parents, you moved into a, a town that is predominantly Latino, right? Correct. Correct. Tell us where and who were your neighbors and how you met your husband. All my, all my friends. Like, I have so many Latina friends. Like, I am... <laughs> I would say that I am more Latina by heart. <laughs> People always think that I am because I am uh, olive colored, you know, complexion. And uh, and then with the last name De La Torre, they automatically assume that I am. But even before I married my husband, people felt that about me. Um, I just, uh, I love the culture. I absolutely love the culture. And um, my parents and I used to go to Mexico a lot when we were kids. My dad was a, um, he was a soccer player and he was a, he was very involved. He started the Pacific Soccer League, which still goes to this day. Oh, wow. And he was president of it for 15 years. So, and the majority of the people in the 
the soccer teams were Hispanic, you know, they were Latina or Latino, you know, so it was uh, an amazing experience, you know, to, to also have that. And uh, we'd go down to Mexico, they would have games down there and everything. And it was just, it was just a lot of fun. So, um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now, you're going through the, so soccer, the soccer league with your dad and um, you're growing in this uh, Hispanic environment. And I know your husband, he's mm -hmm. Latino. So tell me how mm -hmm. that whole matchup happened. Well, <laughs> I, w I worked at, um, at a dealership and uh, I worked in the, I was the delivery girl. And he happened to be the uh, mechanic uh, in the in the shop, and me and him just hit it off very quickly. And uh, um, so we've been married for forty three years now. Mm, wow! Wow! So. Forty three years and three kids. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Now I know that you you and your husband started your business back in the 70s. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah, that was pretty much a matter of survival. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, and I, one thing I always learn is that if you want a business and you want it to be successful, find a need and fill it. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. Um, my husband had broken his ankle. And he wanted to get his, um, we wanted to get a, a couch hauled away out of our home. Well, the only thing you could get was a dumpster, you know, and that wasn't effective. And he thought, well, what about other people, you know, who want to get something hauled out of their house that don't have the, they're not able to do that. And so, you know, voila, there started the business and it was just with a small pickup and now it's a corporation and it's been uh, a very good business. I was able to put my kids through some really good schools and, uh, and you know, like I said, you find a need, you fill it. And yeah. that's what we did. And, and we, you know, started working for a lot of um contractors, property management, realtors, homeowners, just, you know, anybody. And it took off very well. Yes, it has. I remember, I mean, you and I met at BNI mm -hmm. and would do your pitches. Can you tell us your pitch at a BNI meeting? Because I think it's so <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh, when I say, uh, if they have a referral for me, let's talk trash. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk trash definitely let's talk trash right I mean I love it I love it and it's so simple and catchy and mm -hmm. you've been able to grow your business as a result of that so right. so you have this business it's called Vix Howling Hauling Hauling yeah Vix Hauling and Cleanup Service I get tongue twisted thank you yeah. and you've had it now since the 70s so, right. but there's also other things that you've been doing, which is like, I know right. that you do some real estate investments right? and uh, flipping homes. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I've, um, 
we bought our home and I remember thinking, God, how are we going to afford this? It was like, um, um, I was very worried about it. And then eventually down the line, I was able to another house up our, on our same street was going to go up for sale. And I knew the owner. And, um, so we, we made a deal together. I borrowed on my house to put a down payment on that one. And then, um, and I bought it for my mom basically for her to, to move her closer to us because, um, she was, she was up there in age. She was in her eighties and I didn't want her being alone anymore. And I know she liked her independence. So we had her move in there. And then, um, anyway, uh, that was a great investment. Um, I bought uh, another home. I I flipped one in Texas when my son moved there. Uh, he was he did all the construction work on it. Uh, I since then bought a condo there to go when we when we uh, want to go visit our grandkids and we can you know we've got a place to stay. And when we're not there, I um, I rented out on Airbnb. This is awesome. I love this. Yeah. And then my office, we had an office that was separate from our house that was on our property. Uh, we have since bought a building in Garden Grove and my daughter moved the business over there. So I turned that office into a guest house and I rent that on Airbnb too. And, and then the, the one up the street is now also an Airbnb. See, amigas, anything is possible. You set the intention and you make it happen. That's that's right? pretty much it. You you when you get clear on your intention of what you want to accomplish, when the intention is clear, the mechanism will appear. Yes. Oh, I love that. When and the it, intention is clear, the mechanism will appear. Beautiful. Yeah. People think that um, that the mechanism has to appear first, and it's not true. It's all about the in intention that you have. Um, you know, you see something when you're clear about it, and you just figure, I'm, I'm going to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And the very first time that I actually experienced that was when my son, Joey, the one that graduated from Princeton, he was in the Air Force and he got stationed in South Korea. And I thought, I'm going there. I can't afford it, but I'm going there and I don't care how I get there. It'll happen. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, it did. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know, you when you're that clear on something and I was going to see where he was, I needed to see where he was, yeah. you know, and yeah. I visited him at every base that he was ever at, <laughs> you Beautiful. know, yeah. I, you know, went to um, to uh, Italy as well when he was stationed there and we went to Germany and we, you know. So we went to a lot of places. Yes. Oh, beautiful. So getting back to intention, um, you know, when you have a clear intention, the mechanism will appear. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I've had many discussions and you have been super influential in my life in um, showing me 
about this alternative world, I like to say, of personal development. And um, when you introduced me to SAI, and Amiga SAI is a personal development um, organization that really, really helps you dig deep, deep into your soul, into who you are, your why, your purpose, and changes your state from being stuck to unstuck. And when you introduced me to that, I felt like, wow, it was my, my soul was finally aligned with my true purpose. And I thank you that, Martha, from the bottom of my heart, because I know your soul is so beautiful and it's filled with a lot of wisdom and heart and just uh, this awareness of humanity. And I thank you for that, for that exposure, because uh, the, the podcast would never have happened without being introduced to personal development. None of the things that I've been creating would have happened without being introduced to personal development, which I am so thankful because I started with Martha. And thank you, my love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're very welcome. Oh. You, you um, I just kind of directed you to the path and you made it happen and you made the changes in your life and I you glow (laughs) (laughs) you absolutely glow and it's so wonderful to see you know well thank you thank you Martha I love that I love you and you know so you know the whole intention you know um the mechanics are secondary. The attention is first. Is that where mm-hmm. you in in um at site? Is that what you learned? Yes. Was that first, and then everything came. Yes, absolutely. That was one of the main things that I learned. That I understood that when you're that clear on the intention, um, you can have obstacle after obstacle come up in front of you. And you will continue forward. It doesn't matter. You'll find ways around it. You'll find. But when you're not clear on your intention, you things can stop you. They'll stop you from, from going forward. Like all of a sudden it's like, well, you know what? This is too hard. I'm not going to do that. And it's really a shame because all it, all it is is about really believing that this is possible for you, you know, just, you know, if it's been placed in your heart, if it's a desire of yours, it's because it's been placed there. It's something that is meant for you to do. And um, so with that, go forward, just move forward and don't let the obstacles get in your way you know yes yes music to my ears don't let the obstacles get in the way for sure oh my goodness now i know you use that mindset and i and i want to be i want to be um i'm gonna give you like this the props if you will (laughs) okay when you said we went out to have um a lunch um about a year or two years ago and you told me, I want to write a book. And I was like, yes, you must. There's so much you can write about. You could have written about your, your family from the Europe and their escape to the States. 
your your work, all everything you've done here in the states, and and now I'm like, wow, she wrote an amazing children's book, and this children's book is called Charlie Finds a Home, and I want you to tell us more about how you started this, like. I know you told me, and it was you set the intention and you went right through it. So I want to know step by step because this is a beautiful illustration. It's a beautiful story. And I know that you've had your support. And I know that this could not have happened without the support of your family. So if you could let us know here, amigas, you need to buy this book. And, and Martha's going to tell you about it. So, so, um, Last June, I was standing, I was at my son's home in Texas, and he has, he has many goats and a horse uh, named Cash and a goat named Charlie, which is what the book is about. <laughs> and I was watching them and their interaction with each other. And... Uh, it was just at that point that I decided I'm going to write about this. I'm going to write about this book. And at first it was going to be about something else. It was going to be about forgiveness, but it, when I decided to write it, it became clearer and clearer and clearer to me that this needed to be something that um, foster kids could relate to. And, um, and I'm sorry, I get emotional about this because my oldest grandson, who I love with all my heart, he is, um, he was fostered by my family and adopted at two. And he is just the light of my world. I just love that little guy. And so, and knowing this story about Charlie the goat and and cash it just it just kind of fell all together um Charlie uh was almost starving to death as a goat because his mom had too many and so my daughter-in-law took him in and bottle fed him he grew up in the house with the kids and then he had to get um put out into where he got too big to be in the house, and he got put out into the um, pen with the other goats, and they didn't like him. And Cash pretty much took over, and they became best buds. He would groom him. He would let him eat with him. He, wouldn't, he would not uh, let the other goats bother him. Like those two, Cash and Charlie, would go roam in the back uh, in the back fields and stuff. And uh, so, but I thought it was a perfect fit for foster kids or kids from blended families or kids that have been adopted or, uh, you know, kids that just want a home. Yeah. They just want to be, they just want to be loved. And uh, so Cash has some really awesome words of encouragement for Charlie and they live happily ever after together as as a family oh my god it is so beautiful 
Yeah. Can you share with us a couple of words that Cash says? Yes. Um, one of the things that Cash says to Charlie, when Charlie is feeling very alone, because this is like, uh, he was feeling abandoned and alone in the world. And Cash says to him that they can be family. And he, Charlie, asks him, why would you want to be with family with me? And Cash says, families don't have to. Charlie is always looking for somebody that looks like him. And Cash tells him, we don't look alike, but we can still be family. That families are like puzzles. They are made of different colors, different shapes, different sizes. What makes them family is love. Oh, and God. yeah, and also that they are um, families are people that love you and accept you for who you are and want the best for you in this world. And him and Cash were family ever since ever after <laughs> oh that is such a beautiful story and i believe that this it's um a metaphor to, um for your grandson right yes yeah, yeah it is because um yeah he he is uh, he is uh hispanic and um the rest of the siblings in his family they're all blonde and blue-eyed and Brandon has you know he has dark hair and dark eyes and he's just absolutely gorgeous I just love that face of his oh so cute but he is like the best brother in the world he is such a good big brother it's really funny because he was born the youngest of five and he turned out to be the oldest of five Wow. And he's just a great, great kid. Oh, that is so beautiful to hear. And now that you have a beautiful book to mem memorialize, right? Memorialize your, your grandson. Yes, yes. And it is dedicated to him and foster children all over. Oh, that's so amazing and so beautiful. I'm so glad and so proud of you, Martha, for writing this book. You know, you. I remember when we were having that lunch, you you had you had a book in mind and it was something different and now it was <laughs> it. you know and that was something you know when we talk about clear intentions my intention on that book is not clear now that i've written this book and i know how you know people think that children's books are easy to write okay i i wrote this it was done by october it was just published in February. The rest of that stuff was one hurdle after another. Children's books are not that easy. They're, um, it, they're, they're very complicated in how they have to be made. And now that I know that, what was stopping me about this other book that I have written a while back, it's going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> so that leads me to ask you, you already have another book in mind? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell us? <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually want to want to kind of run names 
bite because what this is about is about what people experience in their lives like um and and a lot of us have had life-changing events happen in our life that changed who we were i'll give you an example with me uh when i was young we came to the united states my oldest brother wound up being missing uh for five days it was all over the news it was all over everywhere um he him and his friend uh, they were found later on uh in a construction site which somehow they had got buried alive oh my god okay and, pause yeah i think this i mean i know that i'm familiar with with your story mm-hmm. but amigas can you imagine this is her oldest brother this has happened and um and then the way it happened like that is um like a freak accident mm-hmm. like you don't ever think about that and your mother wow i mean as moms to just think about that is just uh un- unbelievable this is her second child she mm-hmm. lost wow second right right because the first one was um wasn't re- well received by the doctors yeah right? exactly exactly so here we come here to the united states and within the first year uh, my oldest brother was killed and how that changed me was my mom she was grieving she was she was like almost locked in her room for two months she would barely come out and my father would tell her look you got three other kids you know and um so what i found out was that i could make my mom laugh and i could joke with her and i could tell her a funny story or something like that and it would make her laugh Well that affected me through my life because I use humor for everything. You know, stressed out, uh the 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 more stressful the situation, the worse my humor gets. I mean, it's <laughs> and I was always the class clown. I was <laughs> I was always getting in trouble, but yet I was the teacher's pet. But um but how it changed my brother is a totally different story. My brother was uh him and him and my, my oldest brother were best friends. They were they did everything together. They had gotten into a fight that day. And my brother Tony told Robbie the oldest one, uh I hope you drop dead. and he and he did wow the power of words i'm sure that exactly that is wow. and back in those days in the 50s you didn't have counselors that worked with kids and stuff like that family just kind of banded together and didn't even talk about it so i remember that my mom was grieving so badly like i said and my brother took that personally and he told her at one point 
I wish I was the one that died. Wow. That's a hard cross. It's a, a, a big cross to bury, to, to hold on. Oh, exactly. And, and still to this day, he gets teary talking about it because it's but nothing been resolved in his life. However, what changed for him in this, in his life was that my brother wanted to be, he felt like he had to prove something and be this perfect person in order to, to make my mom happy. And so he became this like perfectionist. He had to be the best at everything he did. And that has big repercussions because when you have family and children and uh, sometimes you can put those pressures on them and it can cause a lot of problems, right. you know? So those are those are things so that's what this book is about basically it's people's stories of events in their life and how it changed who they were how it changed so um there's another story about two two girls that were both molested they were twins they're both molested by their mother's boyfriend. And one became very, she just thought all men sucked. Mm -hmm. You know, the other one, it put her in a downward spiral. She became depressed. She, she blamed herself. There must have been something I did you know, all of these things. So here you've got two different perspectives on the same event by the same person with twins. Yeah. And they both came up with totally different reasons for it. Right, right. You know, so this shows you the power of your mind. Like an event doesn't have any meaning to it. The only meaning an event has is the meaning you put to it. Yes. Yes. So when you um, decide that this is what this means, um, that's the direction your life heads. And you have the power to turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so the things that I've thought about titles for that book would be and there's it's filled with tons of stories and the title that I was thinking of was nobody ever told your dog that their shit stinks <laughs> perfect for, for me to handle your shit podcast <laughs> because yeah because you you know a dog doesn't know that's why they still put their nose in it very true very true always with humor martha yes always even if it's a serious matter if it's a serious um situation spinning it spinning it with creating laughter and joy and light and lightness yeah because i mean life doesn't have to be hard at all 
No, it, you know, I watched my mom and granted, yes, eventually she actually lost a third child. My sister passed away of cancer 28 years ago. But, you know, to watch my mom, she always preferred to suffer, yeah. you know, and it's like, that is a choice. It is. You can suffer or you can... Um, you can look at life as a lesson and okay, it's time to move on to the next, the next adventure. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Tony Robbins says that suffering is optional. Pain absolutely. Is <laughs> and it's so true, right? I mean, it is suffering is optional. I mean, it's it, like, yeah, you can suffer and, and till, till you cry your eyes off, but it is your choice to stop the suffering. Yep. So Absolutely. It's beautiful. I mean, goodness, you and I can always talk forever and ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got you've got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I love it. You got this book. Where can we find um, our Charlie has a home? Charlie finds a home. Uh, it's on Amazon. And uh, so it's Charlie finds a home. Uh, by Martha Delatori and my niece uh, Sierra Fraser. She did the uh, illustrations. She did the illustrations, and she did an amazing job. She she's did. A, she's it's a very awesome. talented and this, very talented person. And this picture looks like your grandson, right? Yes. Yeah. Gorgeous. So beautiful. Well, amigas, you need to go get this this uh, this children's book. It's so beautiful. We're going to be posting the link um, to Amazon to buy this book in the show notes. So hopefully, amigas out there, you know, this is a beautiful, beautiful story about love, about forgiveness, about family and trust. And it's just, it blows my mind. I love you, Martha, for this. This is so amazing. I love it, love it, love it. So now that we're ending our, our conversation, I always ask my amigas, if you can provide us one or two tips on how amigas can handle their shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I would say the best thing to do, like I said before, is... When you're clear on your intention, your intention is clear, the mechanism will appear. Don't let anything stop you. Go for your goals. If you tell yourself it's not going to happen, it won't. If you tell yourself it is going to happen, I'm going to make this happen, you'll get there. It's that clear. So don't talk yourself out of stuff, you know, just be very clear about what it is you want in life and go for it. Yes, I love that. Clear on intention, the mechanism will appear and go for it. Yes, absolutely. You heard it here from Martha Dilatore, our latest author. And she's got this beautiful children's book. And um, do you know when we're going to um, be buying the next book? Do you have a feeling? <laughs> um, I would say probably within the year. Nice. You're on a roll. 
my God. I might as well. You know, I'm I'm 67 years old. I need to get, need to get this change. Stop change. Hey, what do they say? 60s is the new 30s? <laughs> yeah. Change, girl. Chump change. Oh, beautiful. Well, I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for being here with us at Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. You always bring gold and value. And um, I'm so, so honored to have you here. Thank you so much, Martha. Thank you, Jackie. I love you to pieces. You are an amazing, amazing lady. So accomplished yourself. And I'm so proud to know you and that you're my friend. Thank you. Love you too. Oh my goodness. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.